0: So, I'm back. And, what is this? It's been 45 minutes. <laughs> um, lots of stuff have been happening. I just really want to take advantage of these moments while I'm able to have them. Before, you know, I resubmit to the general wear and tear of living in this society, but... I ended up, I just brought, brought, that's a big thing, you know. I just realized that throughout my entire life, I've been saying brought when I really mean bought. And it's just like, the fragility of language is just really fascinating. But anyway, I just bought a new computer. And, you know, it's like official. I'm doing financing for it, so that's going to be fun, but... I'm getting rid of my present computer and, you know, I got this computer senior year of high school and, you know, this has been, this computer has got me all the way through my Cornell experience up to this point and I'm, like, upgrading and it's just like very reminiscent of the stage of my life that I'm at and, you know, I can't I can't really tell if I'm hang on Bra Praful the I see the verb yeah I don't know if I'm just <clears throat> yeah yeah Anyway, I don't know if I'm just talking out my ass or if I'm or if I'm getting a, a shared experience, but just like being a senior in college and having real life just so close to you is very it it's just like it's very rare real for me right now, you know. It's something that I experienced. I've only experienced through television and, like, the few, like, experiences that I had with people older than me where I felt, like, extremely few, actually. Where it's just, like, they're being genuine and are being open about how, what the reality of the situation is instead of just being, like, polite. And, yeah, I ended up leaving my class. It was, um... A review session for the test on Wednesday, but I'm just like I'm not even at the point of comprehension that I could review, so let me just take myself out of the situation, but also put in the trust in myself that me catching up will be enough, and that there's nothing really there's no irregular specific things that are being going or he's going over right now, and that I'm missing. But, yeah, I actually put my other computer, I have two computers, I put my Windows computer up for sale in order to get money to buy a new one. And that's also up in the air, so it's just, like, definitely a period of... Still available, okay. Yeah, it's, like, a really clunky gaming computer, so... I'm pretty sure I'm going to be ending up keeping it until I just give up and buy a new one. But it's officially on sale on Amazon. And just like this period of transformation just seems to be very much in line with where I'm at in life. And I don't know really what came first. You know, the fact that I'm going through change. Did the change come first or did the, the fact that this is a period where I should be changing came first and I don't really know it's just like I am living this experience and I'm it doesn't seem contrived it doesn't seem fake but it's also an experience that I've seen contrived and I've seen made for you know consumption through television through film through media and I don't know if like I'm adding to that sort of, like, unreal, made-for-other-people's-consumption type of novel type of narrative. I consider this, this is, like, a narrative. Or am I being real and honest about where I'm at and what I'm doing? Because, like, this is very... I'm cognizant of the fact that this is very hard to keep up with and, you know, string together. But, you know, I also am pretty optimistic that there are people out there who will be able to do it. And I don't know where this optimism's coming from because I've had no experience. I mean, I guess I've had some experience of people just getting who I am. I mean, of course I've had, but, you know, no one's really put in the effort to really just sit down and get to know it makes me take it to know intuitively what I want because I feel like I'm one of the few people who you know a lot of I mean even saying I'm one of the few people as if this is not a shared experience seems like wrong but it has been made known to me it's a shared experience so I guess I have to talk for myself but I'm a person who a lot of things that I end up craving and wanting in like relationships and out of life are very predictable if you really were to like listen to what I say or listen or really just pay attention to how I act and yeah it's just very predictable so sometimes I sit back and I'm just like yo like if you like I have you should be able to know this. I shouldn't have to tell you this. And then sometimes even after I tell people things, it's just like there's still a disconnect, and it's just like how are you not? How is this not allowing you to see what I really want? Cause that's how it works in my head. But there's just a disconnect with other people, and I know that that disconnect that that's just not me. That's something that that's a shared experience with be it with many people or a, a small community of people where it's like you try to give people enough information just like indirectly about what you need and how to deal with you but you also are caught up in the frame of mind of them not listening and them not taking it in, which could be, that could be false. It could be taking it in and not just being upfront about the fact that they're taking it in but it's something that you'll never know cuz the second that you bring it up you know people process it as like of course I've always been doing that even if in the past that wasn't even a thought in their head and you know I even do that to some point where it's like of like of course like when someone's telling me something and it's just like oh of course I've noticed the signs of this before and you know it feels like I generally did but if What was brought up wasn't brought up. I'm not that certain that that would be what came out of my mouth. And, you know, I learn about these things. These are things that are, like, codified in psychology textbooks and, like, general pop psychology type of circles and articles. But it's still, like, just because it's codified doesn't mean that it isn't a real experience, you know? And just grappling with the fact that there are parts of me that can be formulaically dealt with or or fit into some sort of, like, academic realm of this is why this person acts this way is equally, you know, leads to a lot of, you know, happiness of being part of something bigger than me, being part of what's, like, the norm, but also anxiety where it's, like, I This is me. This is my experience. This is who I am. And you're able to tell me it's based off of, like, chemical imbalances and all this other stuff. And that doesn't really match with how I'm experiencing myself and how I'm experiencing my life. Because, you know, granted, there's so much evidence that ties chemical imbalances to, like, how we think and how we perceive ourselves and how we perceive the world. But, you know... It that it's still it's real and it's just it's it feels like more than that and I think the feel is what's important because you know facts may be these are caused by chemical imbalances but when you look outside of facts when you look at emotions when you look at feeling that's where you get the real substance of what it is to be human and what it is to have a consciousness so that's where I'm at and yeah, you know, this is very, like, I just want everyone to know that the parts of this that I'm still going to be, you know, cognizant about and aware of when I'm sober, granted I'm not I'm not listening to this when I'm sober, I, I don't think I could do that, but the parts of this that I'm still going to be in my mind are going to be like, how formulaically like not like millennial but like how formulaic this seems and how like this fits into like the yeah bro do you you know when like you start you know theorizing about the world the second that you leave you know your day-to-day how you you know your day-to-day and like once you like take that breather and it's just like you just automatically end up in this world of, like, why what? what is it? Why do we do the things we do? And it's just, like, that's, like, a theme. That's, like, a storyline. But that's also the reality of how I'm feeling right now. And I don't really know how I feel about the fact that my true emotions are tied to a storyline that can, like, be utilized by Adam Sandler the next day as, like, a joke type of, like, oh, this is what it's like being a male in college and, like, you know, doing these things that college kids do. And the fact that I don't even have to say what I do because I said doing things that college kids do and you already have the image and you're able to put together, like, oh, altered state, oh, This Like, you already know what I'm talking about and I didn't even have to say it. And it's because these sort of idioms and euphemisms are just so salient in our culture. And the fact that, you know, they are based on real experiences and they obviously have a relationship with real experiences as we see now, but that's just like the fact that we are getting sold our experience back to us on the screen it's just like it's something that's you know very interesting to me and very you know is worth looking at and it's what I plan on looking at within the next couple years of my academic career where it's like what does this mean how does this affect us and how does this affect humanity and you know I'm, I'm I'm, i know i am sitting here and i'm acting as if this experience is central to the entire universe and i'm talking so philosophically and vague but this is literally this is what i think about and this is how i see my experience and my future panning out and this is probably the most genuine i'm able to portray that and how Yeah, I mean, you guys understood that. There was a little weird phrasing and verbiage there, but. I don't know, this is this is what it is. And, you know, part of me does feel like, yeah, this is a general experience. But the fact that I'm here and the fact that I'm like participating and I'm able to speak on these things at this level. And like the fact that I'm even making this into something that's public, it's like. Maybe I was meant to be that person to speak on this moment. And it seems more so like fate because, you know, I have a I have a background in podcasting. I have a background in, in talking too much and oversharing. And it's like, this just seems very indicative of my own narrative as well as the general narrative of the times for people like me. And I think it's very important to point out people like me because... You know, not everyone, a lot of these experiences seem to be very indicative of people who are going through sim within the same, I guess, socioeconomic or sociocultural groups as I am, you know, college student, black, male, able, you know, like these are a lot of stuff that are pertinent to... Both those, all those groups, you know, individually, but also the intersectionality of those groups where it's like there's a lot of things that come up and will come up that are very pertinent to black males. And there's a lot of other things that are going to be pertinent to like people in college across racial lines or people that are like, you know, it's, it's just, it's always going to be a combination of those. Also queer, queer is definitely an important important part of this story an important group that I belong to and you know even the fact that I went through all of my important groups and queer just seemed to be forgotten about until I just remembered it it was like that's something that people talk about you know Freudian slips whatever whatever you know the one thing you leave out is like that's the that's the pin. that's the thing that you know is really important and I do see myself living in that reality now because looking at all those other identities queer is definitely up there in importance and it doesn't make sense why I would just forget to mention that very conveniently but yeah I feel like a lot of people a lot of people go through these experiences and you know they just I don't know what they do at least when I go through this experience, you know, I'm a critic by nature. Even though present me seems ever-bestingly optimistic, I have to come to face-to-face with the fact that I'm a critic in nature. I'm always willing and looking to critique something, mostly myself and how I'm treated. But anyway, as being a critic, you know, I'm able to criticize myself to a point and... That's been a big, that's been a big part of the last four or five months of my growth where it's like, if I'm going to be self-aware, I had to be aware of the things that I do wrong and the negative things that I do to other people and, and through therapy, through, you know, being honest with myself and through, you know, changing literally just changing the way that I act, you know. I was able to get to a place where present me was okay with who I was and okay with um, how I acted and the roles that I played in other people's lives. And that was a really nice feeling. And yeah, just like being okay. and you know, But the thing was that I still haven't gotten okay with the role that other people play in my life where it's like, I'm always and I'm always ready to be like a shoulder to cry on and be understanding and try my best. And, you know, other people are like that too, but my best seems to be, you know, and, you know, even in this, there's a conflict because, you know, some people can be listening to me, you know, help them through something or give them advice and just be like, this man is crazy. And like, not like he's trying really hard, but this is just not pertinent to what I'm going through. And they can just be like, yeah, I'm really feeling this, thank you so much, just to be polite. Meanwhile, I'm going through the same experience where, like, when I try to reach out to other people and they, like, they try, but, you know, they're not really hitting on what I'm trying to tell them. I'm still politely like, oh my God, you're right, you know, I still fall into the polite sort of like, yeah, oh, you're right, I get what you're saying, even though that's not the reality. And... But I don't know. Evidence seems to be pointing to the fact that I'm actually good at doing this, and that uh, this is something that you know I'm better than the average person at doing when it comes to like helping people and see helping people through their their life and relationships and and anxiety and how they feel about each other. I seem naturally equipped to do that, but. And that has been really good. That is where the good feeling comes from. But the bad feeling is I haven't been able to find someone who can do that for me. And, you know, now I'm in a situation where I have, I'm talking to someone romantically where it's like, I, he could be that person eventually, but I just don't, I just feel like I shouldn't. I shouldn't like count on him being that person right away off the bat. And it's, I've been unfair to myself by putting the pressure on myself to be that person right off the bat. And as I talked about in episode three, you know, I'm at a crossroads where it's like, do I, do I pull back and then work to get to where I was before? because that seems to be like the role that seems to be kind of the route that makes the most sense to me right now but also in pulling back I could risk sending the mixed message that I'm not interested and then this can fall apart and I don't know it's just like I'm in a predicament right now and it's like it's not even a real predicament and I know that and I know this is in my head and I know that like I just want to think that this person's thinking the same way I am so I can have comfort even though they probably are just you know genuinely busy and genuinely want to talk to me but have other things to do and they're able to switch off and on and that's something that I'm working on doing right now where I'm just I have times where I'm not connected to the internet. I'm just nomading it out. And I'm comfortable and I'm not, you know, I'm not like constantly reaching out to see how other people are feeling. And this is something I talked about with my friend last night. And she was just like, you know, how do I want to say this? She was like, you had to, you know, put. you had to give them press. Basically, you have to give preference to the things that are actually interest you. And, you know, part of the reason why I'm so quick to answer back and so quick to engage is because I'm constantly willing and able to put other people's needs above my own. But sometimes that's not sustainable and there has to be needs of your own that supersede other people's because, you know. We sit here. She's very similar to me in this regard. And we sit here and we're just, like, constantly... Whenever people need us, you know, we're there. But, like, when we need people and they're not there, we're not... We're just dealing with it. We're just, like, waiting for them to be present. And, you know, the shoe, The thing in our mind is that the shoe isn't on the other... The shoe's never on the other foot where it's, like, we have stuff going on and then we're not available. So... The conflict is either feeding into that narrative of not being available all the time or trying to get the other person to join us in this realm of always being available. And I think that the decision that I came to was just just to lean into not always being available all the time because that is life. That is, that's the present reality. This whole idea that, you know... You're nothing more... This is, I know, very dark. I'm past this stage of thinking, but this is just being honest about where I was in the past. But the fact that, you know, you're, ne- you're, ne- you're not anything more than how other people feel about you, it's like, this is the last piece of that coming out where it's just like... I'm at a point where... I'm ready to put that away and be like, yeah, I'm the most important thing to me and I care about other people and, you know, I want, like, you know, they're just, I still feel the same way, but that doesn't mean that I have to constantly put other people's interests above my own and, you know, it's really hard now because I've built my career, my reputation, and the fact that I even have a reputation at the age of 19 is a little is a little above me, but like my work, my career, my job, academics is kind of all been built off this fact that I'm always meticulously checking in and meticulously making sure that everything's in place with everyone else. And that's probably going to go away because, you know, I'm at a point now where, for the first time in a long time, I have the potential to just, you know, be calmly fulfilled by my relationships without, you know, having to go that extra mile to do that extra work to, you know, get there. And a lot of my, especially my friendships, I'm very comfortable in. And, you know, I'm comfortable with the idea of, like, you know, Missing a FaceTime or missing a phone call and knowing that they're not going to hate me or knowing that, like, I can just call them back whenever and it's not going to be everything different. And, you know, just that real comfortable place of just knowing that people care about you and they like they're not preying on your downfall. And it's been a lot to get past that. But in that now, I have to stop acting as if I'm still in that anxious stage where I don't think this is true. That's the final step. Is just breaking. And really living my life as the way I describe it. Which is just, you know, being comfortable. I, I talk about being comfortable all the time. Yet I, I don't act comfortably. And now this is being comfortable. And hopefully, I do see this ending. I mean, fourth episode. LOL. But I'm being honest. I do see this ending at a certain point. Not, like, a specific point in my head now yet. But, like, this is definitely a step in this process. And each step does come to an end. And I'm not sure how long this is going to last. But this seems to be the next step in that process where it's, like, I'm fully removed. Or at least as fully removed as I can be from other people, from my loved ones from from people that you know know me personally but you know I'm still doing the same type of sharing and intense you know personal relevation type of talking but you know it's through a relatively anonymous source and yeah this is definitely wearing off now and I'm trying, I can't stay here for too long because I'm going to, I mean, I probably would have to nap just to get back into the fully present state of mind, but, you know, I'm getting closer and closer to just, you know, acting as I do normally, but also the fact that I'm saying these things and I know, regardless of the fact that I'm not going to want to like deal with it or, you know, unpack it in the present, the present me knows that I'm saying these things and it's just like. It's, a, like, it's not like I'm completely just disattached from the fact that this is like a real thing that I'm doing and that this exists in the world and this isn't just me talking to myself. Or like, I mean, it is me talking to myself and how, but it has the potential to be more than that. I don't know. I don't know. And just like, even the way that I'm talking right now, it's very much like it's hard to describe because you know I feel like I'm laying set like there's like hints that like if you can pick up on you know you can relate to like oh the chaotic way that i'm pulling i'm pulling stories together or like the ca- like just like the way that I communicate seems very indicative of someone who's been through anxiety and someone who's just like has a very certain type of upbringing and the fact it's just it really amazes me that like we're at the point of like psychological thought where we can name these sort of paradigms and I think I talked about that in episode one didn't I where it was like the personal aspects of Yeah, the personal aspects of psychological disorders is what's always missing. And the fact that, like, I'm somehow able to see the underlying connection that uh, academia wants us to believe is true. And I'm able to see it and also see the personal extent to how people are sometimes confused about what they're going through because their personal seems so personal. I'm able to see through that and see the underlying paradigm or norm that they're going through. And honestly, I don't know if that's just like reality or I don't know if that's just me looking through a lens that I was taught. But that's what's going on right now. And I don't know. You're here for it. I. It's just very weird for me to, like... Because, like, I want this to be genuine. I want this to be real. I want this to be raw. But I am also very... Even outside the present state of mind, I'm aware of the possibility of there being an audience. And I'm trying to do my best to keep all these things balance because you know, I'm very you know a lot of these conversations revolve around television and film and media and I know the role that audiences play in that paradigm and it's very hard for me to disconnect from that sort of way of thinking and things that you do for audience members that you won't necessarily do for, like, if you were talking to someone that you knew. But I'm still... I I think we're, like, operating in a comfortable middle state where it's, like, it's chill. Here's what I'm talking about. I mean, unrelated, but... I'm on, I'm just on the internet, scrolling away, scrolling through things, and my computer is just huffing and puffing as if there's something wrong, and I'm just like, I'm not even doing anything that graphically intensive, but you're sitting here and the fan's going off, and I get it, I mean... This is where I feel privileged. This is where I feel like... And I think a big part of this moment is, like, calling out privilege. And people need to become okay with just n- realizing that they exist within a societal framework, which may have gave them privilege of other people. But they also didn't ask for that. And it's like, we're not people who aren't given privilege aren't trying to personally attack people who have privilege. They're just attacking the fact that this system exists and people seem to be very, you know, passive about the fact that they were just granted these arbitrarily, granted these privileges arbitrarily. But I'm also saying here, I'm just like, my computer is completely fine. Nothing's broken on it. Nothing's, like, not working. Um... But yeah, I am still sat here and spent, I mean, over the course of 12 months, I would spend like over $1,000 on this new computer that probably would have its host of own issues that I didn't really even have to deal with. And what ended up happening was I, I got money in my account last week that I wasn't expecting. And you know, I've been making moves away from this sort of like unexpected money let's just go spend it on whatever and I'm also very cognizant on the fact that you know it's a lot easier to spend money that you don't think that you earned and I don't really feel like I earned that money it was more just like here for what for whatever it was worth but I'm still you know caught in that that just because I know that that exists and I know that that's a thing doesn't mean that I'm not caught up on like i'm caught up in it still and i think that's probably going to be a paradigm that we're going to see a lot through these where it's like i'm able to call on these moments through honestly my very basic level knowledge of psychology and how the world works and i'm able to call on these moments but that doesn't but i'm also in conflict because you know we're taught and we're th- we're taught in academia that okay these are the moments so here's how you get through them but i'm also just like i'm experiencing this and that sort of frame of like problem solution doesn't fit lived experiences it's more so applicable to abstract ideas like math or like science but like if you're like telling me like hey look, if you're going through this like really nuanced experience of anxiety this is what you have to do to solve it it's just kind of like isn't this something i'm supposed to be figuring out on my own or is this something where it's just like because like we talked like i said before you know the thing missing from the psychological stories about what we're going through is this is the specifics is the personal touches is the anecdotes about family the anecdotes about childhood friends And is that also part of the solution? If like the solution to anxiety, for instance, is positive thinking and self-affirmation, is should people be looking at that and looking at how they can do that within the realm of life that they know, within the relationships that they know? And that is what, that's what's at the core. So then... The argument is, do I have to listen to this general statement or should I just be focused on progressing through life as I see fit because the general doesn't really apply to specific cases? And, yeah, I don't know. Because, like, we keep on, I keep on having moments like this where I feel like I'm really getting at something. I'm getting at a feeling. I'm getting at... Some sort of, like, truth. But then I realized that, like, I'm just a 19-year-old sitting in my room looking at my computer. And, you know, I guess... And just to break through this sort of paradigm somehow in some sort of hungover state of doing things last night and still feeling the effects of them. And, like, this is... This just doesn't seem to match the story or like how we're told to think that these thoughts come about because and that's something on history you know the same qualms i have about psychology i have about history where it's like we learn all of these you know distinct moments and facts and events but we don't know the we never learn about the lead up or like where they were at when they were halfway there so it's like you see these people like I think a big one was like Barack Obama, where it's like you see him and, you know, you can chronicle his rise from Hawaii to Chicago to the presidency. But, you know, no one was looking at Obama in like 2000. No one like, yes, people knew who he was. And yes, there were people that are definitely had personal experience with him. But he wasn't at his level of like iconism that he was in twenty 20- eight 20, 2008, but, you know, what what that tells kids and what that's been telling us is that, you know, one day, if we're destined to make it, if we're destined to be at that level or have some sort of status, that it's just going to appear one day, you know, but the reality of the situation is these people probably have gone through experiences very similar to mine where they're just like, I feel... Like, I have the, like, where they're able to tell, like, hey, like, compared to my peers, I'm able to do things differently, I think differently, or, like, I'm able to, you know, there's things that I'm just naturally more good at, or, like, more apt to do, and maybe that's what I should do for the rest of my life, and, you know, if they're really, really good at it, you know, I feel like they know about, I feel like they would know that that's something that's a possibility way before it happens. And, you know, it's just something, a qualm that I have with, like, how we teach history in the U.S. It's just, like, we never get to that point. We never talk about what it was like, all the struggles or, like, anything that doesn't fit a narrative. And, you know, there's been a big talk around all circles around the narrative that is painted through history and like archaeology and just the social sciences in general, which is heavily based in white supremacy, where it's like everything that we were taught was made to glorify a certain group of people. And now, because of that, that group of people has preferential status in society. And you know, just we're like just scratching the surface of the fact that that's not real and that's just all created. But, you know, we're still living it. And, you know, we can't just snap our fingers and get to the point where we have an egalitarian society. But we're definitely in the process of working through it. And, you know, societal progression seems to mirror personal progression in my eyes where it's like we we should just be allowed to live through life. And, you know grow as we grow even if we know what we need to do to grow and you know I think a lot of people subconsciously realize it where you know a lot of people a lot of the therapy skeptics actually are people who are just like yeah I can like I don't need to go to therapy I know exactly what they're gonna say and you know they can Tell literally sit there and tell off all of their problems and everything that they need to do to solve them and then sit there with their problems. And you know, I always looked at it as them sitting there with their problems, but in reality, it could just be them working at their own pace. And I just think that I should put myself in a position where I can do the same thing, where I'm just, you know, working through things as... I have whatever natural pace that I'm set to be Instead of trying to figure everything out As soon as I realize it's a thing And you know Being okay with the fact that To some people I may be a burden I may do things that get them upset I may act in ways that they don't want me to act But that isn't really Just disconnecting that from a progression From like how I see myself And leaving it as how other people see me Because you know It's just, it's been eating me up for a large portion of my life and I'm ready to just let go of that for the time being and just let myself exist for once. And, you know, a big part of that is going to be putting my phone away and just, you know, allowing myself to... just exist how I want to or you know (laughs) how I need to for school and yeah people around me are gonna just have to be okay with it I feel like you guys whoever you are if it's just me in the future listening in on this while I'm in this state again I'm just you have to have a front seat to this process and I really what I really seem to be looking forward to is the fact that, you know, I'm going to be able to look back and remember what I was like because, you know, I'm always going to have Twitter. You know, Twitter was a topic of last conversation too, but like, I can look back at my Twitter and be like, oh yeah, I was just like, I I believed all these crazy things back then when I was young, LOL, and like, you know, go through the motions, but... I feel like looking back on this, it's going to be harder to ignore the fact that, you know, I'm not some cynic, I'm not like some cynical picture of a teenager about to turn 20. I'm actually like, this is my lived experience and I like there's some, there's validity in the fact that this is literally what I was thinking about. This is literally what I was going through when I, when I was this age and you know. I can look back on it all I want and, you know, laugh and, you know, just act like I was crazy. But this is real. This is intimate. This is what's been going on. And a part of me just really likes how there's just there's a piece of present me who really who's really just wants to get this out and really wants the world to, like, know these things without having to, you know, have these individual conversations. And that piece of me is really... You know putting the blindfold over the rest of me that is like there's no reason to be doing this this is stupid this is just you talking and blabbering on for no reason but I'm just really happy that at least now the side yeah. of me that's like this is cool this is this is what you want to do is winning because that's a part of the process and I am really good at stringing these things together cuz this is just a stream of thought and it doesn't really make any sense and if people are trying to understand this I really wish them the best of luck but part of this part of this experience is you know being genuine and being This is, like, something that I genuinely want to do, you know. Podcasting is something I do, even when I'm in the present state of mind, you know. Audio content has always been... Me and audio always had a love affair, be it, like, music, podcasts, other people's podcasts. And I've always... Like, I I would have these conversations, I'm like, yeah, I'm really into podcasting. And I would always wonder when my first personal project was going to be made and what it was going to be about or how it was going to, like... Oh, like, it made sense to me that, like, the second that, like, I got... Like, in the perspective future where I'm in Canada and, you know, I'm in Montreal, hopefully, or wherever, that... And I'm alone, presumably, that I would, like, you know, journal my life and, like, journal what I'm going through. And that's still... That's still an idea in my head, you know, that might be able to be a project that can, you know, exist alongside this project in some sort of like weird vein where it's like it's not spoken of that. There's these two sides to the story, but there are two sides to the story. And, you know, present me might start to get a little jealous of this version of me that's able to talk and be like, hey, I can do the same thing because a big part of the last six months has been the convergence between present me and me in this state and the ramifications of that. So, and I think now in this next stage, they're moving further apart, but who knows, that might not, that definitely won't be a static thing, you know, that relationship between present me and this version of me will always be somehow in motion, and that's okay. And that is, that's just, I guess, part of life and part of, you know, knowing the fact that you can get to this place by knowing how to get to this place and knowing that there are different realms of who you are. It's just like, this is part of, um. just part of that way of living. And I truly do hope that people can connect to this or like some person who's just like in a similar space that I am or is this able to stumble upon this and you know find some sort of sense of community because you know and yeah I don't know I like because I feel like I'm talking about these really salient ideas of my time but also I know that this sort of idea saliency could be something that my mind's creating to make me feel more comfortable with the fact that no one's talking about the same things I'm talking about and the fact that I may just be different and you know we can get into these circles and you know I'm very one of the reasons why I'm so inclined for political research is that like I'm very much able to play both sides of during most statements or like acknowledge the fact that there's opposition or there's like a critique of most things that I say or most like general statements. And right now you guys are seeing that that is not just something that I do for school, but that's just how I look at everything. So it's like, it's just really, I think it's really cool that I can, I'm, I'm cognizant of that. And I'm cognizant of the fact that like what I want to do with my professional life is so ingrained in how I see the world through in my personal life, too. And, you know, as people get closer to me and get get closer to the fact that, you know, they'll be able to see that, like, hey, maybe this is a very natural progression for Nathan. This is what he's naturally inclined to do. Because I think that's something that a lot of people see or like are able to recognize with the loved ones that are in certain fields that are so integral to who they are and it's really something that I definitely seen in podcasting where it's like you start to your personality becomes so ingrained into your work so like if you're doing podcasts about like you know time out You know, I was about to do that thing where, you know, you have a very... I have a very specific example in my head. And then you give that vague example where it's like, oh, if your podcast is about so-and-so, and and then this would happen. But, you know, you're thinking about a specific podcast and you're trying to give the allusion to the audience that you're thinking about this certain podcast. As I sat here and I was like, let's say your podcast is about communication over the internet. I know all my reply all listeners would just be like aha you were you were listening to reply all weren't you but i wanted to stay away from that so i i i i started that sentence over but i also wanted to reveal to my reply all listeners if they are any that that's what i was thinking about because you know you just learn so much about alex and pj for no reason and it's just like I know I feel like I know how they act in real life just based off the fact that I listened to her podcast. Or like the read with Kid Fury and Crystal where it's just like I know exactly who you guys are and that's like really cool that you were able to portray that over audio file. But you know, there are examples of that and I think I just ruined the point of keeping it <laughs> of like calling out what I was doing because I ended up doing it anyway but whatever and yeah like there's just like especially in this sort of podcasting where it's like all just like personal narrative that it's like people who know me if if people that know me figure out about this it would be very much uh, they wouldn't if they were to listen in and really you know try to pick things out it would be a very I don't know what that experience would be like I don't know how present me will react I have thought about you know perhaps having guest stars if I'm able to get them one to the level of trust that you know is necessary for this to happen and two in the state of mind where they would be more open to, to like being here and doing this because you know it definitely was Here we go again. You no, know, critic, I get it. I get it. But I'm sitting here and I'm like trying to make it seem as if it was this really hard decision for me to do this, for me to, you know, be so open to the public and be so open, but it really it really did not matter that much to me. And It really didn't... Like, I didn't think that much about it. But I know other people would think a lot about it. Because, you know... I'm at a different level of just, like, being... Open with people that I don't know than a lot of people. And... That's my experience. I was trying to make it a general experience. I was trying to morph my personal experience into the general experience. But I think I'm different in that respect where... I'm okay with doing stuff like this because, you know, I mean, actually, I don't know why, but I mean, that would be another segue, another paradigm, another anecdote that lasts too long, but other people generally are not. And just to get into that anecdote, because I know y'all are waiting now, I feel like part of it is just like. The role that knowledge has played in my life, where it's like i've I've always felt like if I knew certain things, I would be able to act in ways that better serve people, and that that applies to other people too, like if people knew certain ticks about me or certain qualms, they'll be able to you know I, you know our relationship would be stronger, they'll be able to you know forecast how I would react to things and prevent. And try to you know look out for my emotions, and that's my kind of my reasoning behind it. Cause you know, I'm looking at it from the frame of reference of me, where it's like most of the time where I meet someone new or like I'm just getting close to someone, I'm in the state of constantly trying to you know, do my research and look at, be like very present on, like, their social media presence and, like, see what I can figure out about them or how this connection's going to last or how it's going to, you know, pan out. Even though it's, part of that feels ingenuine because, you know, that I meet people like the person that I'm talking to right now. And it's just so funny how I keep on saying the person I'm talking to right now as if I didn't say their name in a previous episode but the person I'm talking to right now where it's like I didn't even have to try to do any of that stuff and we were still able to connect and you know grappling with the fact that like that was able I was able to do it without having all the all my anxiety manifestations so now it's like maybe I'm able to do it with other people and I'm just stuck in this sort of way of thinking that I have to act this certain way for this to work but it's really just a lie that I tell myself to keep myself in you know anxiety land but like even within that you know I also understand that's how anxiety works in an academic term I know that anxiety works to morph your perceptions of reality your perceptions of what's going on and I'm aware of that and I know that it's fake in academic terms, yet I'm still here and I'm feel like just like living my experience and it's just like it feels so real and it feels so present and it's just a constant battle between letting that go and like also just like getting past it. And you know, this kind of I mean, I talked a lot about this not becoming therapy, but what I really like about this format is that part of my anxiety is being receptive to what other people say, always trying to, you know, be courteous to those around me. And in every conversation that is present, and this is a medium of conversation where I don't have to do that. There's no, like, I was having, I guess, like, a mini nightmare last night where I was just like, this becomes a big thing, and then, like, I start, like, either I start to enter this get away from this state of, like, being present and being fully conscious so I can, you know, interact with this world and I start to feed into the the sort of, like, status of being being this sort of voice in this world and then I start to lose sight of, like, what my real life is and, you know, it's just, like the belly of capitalism where it's like or something becomes popular and people just feel the need to just like suck all the living life out of that thing or that person because of this reason or what they do and then after this person goes through the machine and they're like broken and you know a lot of them have like problems based off of this in terms of like anxiety and drug use and like just like general problems like you know the whole Lindsay Lohan Amanda Bynes type of situation and it's just like people are then also just so judgmental and like the hey how do you let yourself how do you let yourself go you were just person and it's just like the the public is just so disconnected from the role that they play in that sort of manifestation and that sort of life path so I did have like a mini nightmare where I was just like If this was to, you know, get to that point, it would just, how I would react, and I was just, like, imagining, like, how I would process that, given the relationship between the person I am in these channels, and the person I am in everyday life around everyone else, and, you know also you guys have seen that like I do allow people to interact with me when I'm in this place and you know a big thing that I used to do is just making an announcement like hey you know right when I start the conversation like hey I'm not all together or hey I'm like you know I'm not like feel like you know I'm in an altered state of mind or like I'm doing things and you know people would always come back to me and be like oh I didn't notice or like oh like okay and you know I've moved away from making that announcement and you know there's still a part of me that's anxious about the fact that people may know and they're just like not telling me just so you know just to not make it awkward but I honestly do think that people aren't able to tell and it's just always been really weird for me how people aren't able to tell because in my head, there's just such stark differences between them. And, you know, like, I get it. I get it. Like, I'm sitting here. I'm like, I'm not whispering into my phone. But I'm not exactly making an announcement. And it's just like, this is the level of just, like, communication that I'm normally at. Where it's just like, I'm not naturally that loud or that, like, boisterous. But it's like... I still think that people should be able to realize when I'm acting completely different than what I normally act like. And people just have generally not been able to. And I look at that and I'm just like, hey, maybe there's like, you know, there's something to that. If I'm able to, you know, is the system, is this way of acting, is being present so ingrained into me that people don't realize where... When I throw the rule book away, I'm just acting on impulse. Is impulse, is my impulse just, you know, societal structures that are taught to me? Is that what's at the core of who I am? Or is there something, you know, more raw, more natural that I'm yet to get to? And I don't know, but definitely a symptom of like I said before moving closer to yeah just moving closer to my present self and me and this state being closer together in terms of like their mannerisms and what they talk about but also now that we're moving away again those two things are moving further apart this is this this project just plays a very special role in that process now because this is going to become that channel when I really want to talk. And I'm not going to turn to someone, to another person, and, like, you know, let all this rip and then have them be very confused because I'm not talking about anything, but I'm also talking a lot. And... I don't know. See, I did that thing. I, I brought this up last episode where I try to be, you know, act as if I'm doing something for the greater good when I'm really doing something for myself. But like, I was about to be like, yeah, you know, I'm finally giving other people a break from, you know, hearing me ramble on about the world and the way that life is. But one, no one asks for a break. too. I wanted to do this regardless of the fact That I haven't been connecting with other people in this way, and I'm in another I'm in another circle again. But there are people that are able to I'm able to connect in this frame, like the person that called during the first episode. I mean, I didn't like not pick up, and of course, I have other friends that you know I will try my best to you know make make the crossovers not a nuisance and make this more as much of a personal narrative as I can. But if they come in, especially with that friend that called last night, I knew that they would be on a similar wavelength. We normally are on a similar wavelength on these types of things. And if other people come in, you know, it would be, I'm not, what I was really focused on was just not making this into like a Oh, I talk about someone someday, and then, like, the next episode, it's a conversation, you know, trying to move away from this formulaic format of how narratives are set up on television so this can be real, real, but also at the same time, if I'm doing this and they happen to call, I would see that as fate. I would see that as, you know, what was meant to happen, and I would make that decision then and there if I was gonna to continue to record or end that call or, you know, end that that episode there. But also I'm not really now. And you know I'm definitely back to what the conversation about me leaving dropping hints or leaving traces of things in the present world, you know. I definitely have been more quiet lately and I have my presence on like Twitter, especially, has definitely been declining. And part of that was just in the process of talking to someone new. A large part of the reason why you social media was to connect with potential, you know, romantic interests or like friends or so. I say friends as if friends were important. I was primarily looking for for romantic interest and, you know, always just being on the lookout for who's around or who's up or who can play that role in my life. And now that I have someone playing that role in my life, I look at social media, I'm just like, I can definitely just not exist on these platforms as much as I have been because I have this unhealthy relationship with feeling fulfilled romantically by other people and, like, not... But... That's how it started. But now I'm at a point where it's, like... I kind of just don't need to... be making all this stuff... public and attach... attachable to my name. Because it's, like... I can Like, no one told me I had to be the sacrificial lamb... to talk about these things. I chose that for myself. And... It's a choice that I kind of didn't really it isn't I mean, I I feel like I'm still continuing that choice by doing this, but it's not like something that I have to like tie to myself more so than what could be figured out as me through this whole project and you know. I'm going to hate I'm going to hate the people whose first notion when they hear this is going to be the find out who I am and find out information about me and what I'm doing, considering that this probably won't... They probably will be hearing about this sometime in the future where this will be, you know... The stuff that I'm talking about now will be, like, a distant memory for me. And, you know, there's definitely going to be people who are just going to be like, oh my god, who is this? Let me use the context clues. And then that's going to probably invade my present reality of whatever I'm doing at the time or, like, what's going on. But, you know, I also think that in that, that would bring up conversations because, you know, I definitely am destined to do something of, you know, some sort of relevance or to what I'm talking about here. And that can be a conversation. That could be a conversation, you know, that could be, I can bring that conversation to the table where it's like, I'm talking about a lot of stuff that should be talked about in my academic circles. And if I had to be the sacrificial land that embarrasses himself by, you know, making all these things so personal and so lived and so real, that's a role that I I'm okay with. But... And we will see. This is, um, this recording is also through voice memo, so I don't have any video. But one thing I was thinking about was, you know, making this into a consumer product. You know, first episode, recorded it, recorded the video, and you know, I had... Like my lamp going, and it was like, but it was like the, it was flashing between colors, and it was kind of dark and murky, and you know, it wasn't like a something that was made to be mass consumed. Mind you, now I'm sitting here and I have a bright light in my face, and this almost looks like a studio sort of setup. And I'm like, if I took the video, this could, you can really start to see who I am and like what exactly is going on, but also that's in conflict with the role that I want identity to play in this and like will I like would this be like a patreon type of thing where it's like hey if you pay me money you can see my identity but then it's like so easily someone can just screenshot a piece of that video and be like hey the person making this is this person and then that just becomes public knowledge so it's like it's kind of conflicting over like What I should do with that. Or should I just like you know. Why should I make. the Like the video version. Of this content. Have a premium. Why should I be making money off this. When I'm just you know. Talking I'm not really. This isn't really a product. But maybe it is. And you know. It's something that I talk about. With my present. With my like my other podcast where it's like we have a patreon now and it's like hey we have like we do like extra content pre-show post-show type shit and it's like hey there's a five dollar paywall to see me and one of my friends talking about life for 15 minutes before we record our podcast and then like 30 to 45 minutes after that and it's like it's a part of our show now where we're like hey if you want to see this you know, go to the Patreon, and, you know, we have no patrons, you know, we do no advertising, (laughs) but it's, like, that sort of way of thinking of, like, hey, if you want all of me, give me money, is, like, so ingrained into the present way that I, you know, manage podcasts, and I don't want to really do that here, and I want this to remain, you know, as pure and as real as it can be, but I also have to realize that present me does play a role in this and you know i do know that this exists and you know if someone asks me to make decisions about this when i'm in my present state of mind my decisions may be different than the state of mind i'm in now and there's going to be that conflict because i'm going to realize that that there's that difference and i don't know that's just going to be an internal conflict i'm going to have to deal with when if the time comes but it is something that was on my mind but, you know, voice memo seems to be also pretty cool. I'm not really sure about um, the sound quality across these platforms, but I think what I will end up doing is just recording my actual video when I feel like that's the best, what that's what I want to do, and then do just the audio when I feel like that's best, and... Yeah, trusting myself to make these decisions is a big part of, you know, being able to manage the fact that in the way I'm acting as a personality. And, you know, that's something I also think about in terms of career, where it's like, even when I'm not all the way there, I'm still able to manage myself as a personality, as someone who's has is accountable for what they do and what they say, and how like, that can tie in really well into the world of like journalism and academic research and especially within the realm of politics and the stuff that I'm going to talk about in terms of society and media but also it's like why like I, I'm 19 years old and I already kind of know these deep truths about who I am and what I'm interested in I'm just like am I ever going to really get the time to be 19 to just be like a teenager who doesn't have it figured out? Or, you know, maybe this is part of that paradigm of thinking, you know, everything and then realizing you don't. But also this, this feels very sturdy and real and like something I'm not making up. So there's like, there's that conflict between like, is this just part of the is this just part of the progression or is this something that I should be paying attention to? But right now, at least, I side decided, like, this is real and this is, like, this is what I'm meant to do and this is what I'm going to do. And this is not just me thinking I know everything. And, you know, figuring out that I was wrong five years when, like, this is really what I want to do. Because, you know, I've already been through that two, three times within my college experience alone in undergrad, where it's like, hey, I come into this and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be a psych major. And then it's like, no, actually, I'm going to go into urban planning. And then it's like, ooh, architecture and landscape architecture looks cool. And now I'm in this, this now, the fourth iteration of what Nathan's going to be. And it's like, oh, I really like communication and podcasting and like politics and like all this other stuff and it's just like this seems to be very much this seems to be very safe and comfortable in terms of what it is I want to do and what it is that like what the future has in store for me but I also know that like I could be wrong. And, you know, this is something that president me grapples with a lot of time, too, where it's like once you know about these general stages and these general psychological development milestones, you know, you look at your own life and you just are constantly like, hey, like, is this real or is this what I read about in books? And, you know, a big thing about academia that I've noticed, especially in terms of archaeology is like, there's definitely a disconnect between lived experiences and what the, and what people study. And I even seen this looking for, um, within looking for, like, I was looking for researchers for grad school at this one school that I'm really interested in. And I was like, a lot of the people, a lot of the white people, oh, this is my first time saying white people in this, I'm, oof. This is just a moment. It took me until episode four to start talking about white people. And I think that is a milestone. But anyway, the thing that I'm talking about with white people is just like... A lot of their academic interests seem to be centered around life outside of Europe, outside of North America. And part of that is that they're able to still be objective because this isn't, you know... Some, like, they aren't analyzing things that are personal to them. Like, if you go and you analyze the Middle East as, like, some French guy, you know, you're not going to sit there and be, like, really, you're allowed to still be objective. And, you know, academia is so concerned with objectivity. And then you have people from, you know hate to use white men's words and their way of looking at the world but the global south is probably the best way to describe it where you have these people who you know aren't really institutionalized into western thought from birth you know being white and they go into academia and their primary focus is always so integral to you know who they are And, you know, their specific upbringing and taking this information and applying it to their present realities back at home. And then I'm kind of somewhere, I'm kind of moving in the opposite direction where it's like, I am, I am Black and I am Haitian and I am African American and I'm moving towards talking about and focusing on western society and critiquing it the same way that western people white people western people caucasian people whatever i don't know i think that small anecdote this whole sort of talk about how to describe people and how to um how, like, what is socially acceptable way of, like, addressing people, it's very necessary, don't get me wrong it is a very necessary conversation to have, especially when it comes to people who are traditionally marginalized, feeling you know, like they belong in these circles, but, like, it is just a lot to put up with, and a lot to keep up with, and, you know I'm able to do it because I naturally train myself to put up and keep up with a lot, but, like I also can't sit here and blame people who are just like, whoa, 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 where did this come from? (laughs) And, but that was an anecdote. But yeah, you know, white people, they're able to, you know, have an out, they go out into these places, like the Middle East, like Africa, like Asia, and they're able to have that outsider critique where like, hey, like, I'm not really involved in this, so you can trust what I'm saying is objective. And that's kind of based off of white supremacy and the fact that white white thought and Western thought is able to supersede the thought of other civilizations. But at the same time, I'm doing the same thing where it's like I'm coming into a country where I'm an outsider and I'm critiquing their political... their poli- Yeah, their political sphere, I guess, or like... Just, like, certain places, certain topics within their political, you know, identity that I think is interesting. But I'm also being a critic. And it's just, like, where is my... I don't have this institutional legitimacy that white people have within this sphere. So it's, like, if I say something that doesn't jive well or isn't, like, you know, acceptable objectively, you know, I face the fact that I could be heavily criticized, I could be critiqued, I could be seen as someone who isn't, you know, trustworthy in this sector, because, you know, when it comes to non-people, non-white people, and these frames of, like, in these professional frames, it always just kind of seems like white people are waiting for them to mess up so they can just move on with whatever they were Going to do anyway, and i'm I'm innately aware of that, and I'm also have yet to mess up, and you know I'm getting further and further into my academic career, and I' have yet to hit that roadblock where it's like, hey, you're not allowed to be in this decision making room, you're not allowed to be in this space and know uh, now that I'm like really focused on grad school, it's just like. I'm just trying to prepare myself for that time where I do hit that roadblock and I do, people do start to be, I do start to hear about the, hey, like, you're different, just like, hey, like, you're different, just so that you know that, and you know, we're going to hold each other down, but you're going to have to find your own way. And I'm trying my best to prepare myself for that sort of reality, but I also know that, Believing that that's going to happen does play in part with the fact, does, like, kind of contribute to that happening, where it's, like, if you believe something's going to happen that's, like, based on anxiety, you subconsciously manipulate and self-sabotage yourself to make that happen. And in my present reality, I try to play this off by being very presently optimistic, very presently, you know as if I don't see or don't care about these things. But on the inside, I really do care. And I really am scared that one day where it really matters to me, I'm going to get that door shut in my face and I'ma just have to deal with it. And yeah, right now we're like, see, like I can't even really tell if this is just present me peeking in or if this is just so ingrained into who I am but you know I'm looking at the time right now and we're no we're we're getting near to an hour and a half and I don't hmm. and you know this the fact that I'm cognizant of the fact that this is something that's going to be consumed or I'm I need to stop saying that this is going to be consumed I'm putting this this is going to be available to be consumed I'm just very cognizant about the fact that you know this is a consumable and you know I don't know if that ruins like I don't really think that ruins the integrity of what I'm saying cause I don't really presently care that much but also you know I'm trying to not sit here and you know do too much especially you know I know the critic is so woven into who I am I know I apologize but especially after yesterday's episode where I'm pretty sure I took a nap in the middle of recording like just like for fun and yeah I was like I was just really there was like something in my throat I was just feeling like really like I needed to lay down for a couple minutes and I didn't stop recording and you know there's probably around like fifteen to thirty minutes of what it felt like. Well it should be like two minutes. But fifteen to thirty minutes of me just like laying down and not talking. I'm just like, I'm producing this. This is granted this doesn't have my full name and all that other stuff on it, but like this has my name attached to it. Like this is a product. Like I like there like it's just accountability is so woven into who I am is what whatever I do that is like wow I really just like just re- like in being my genuine self and being real I kind of just disregarded that and now I'm looking back and I'm just like hey like I want to be critical of it I want to be like hey like keep it professional but part of me is also just like hey that was real and like you didn't I didn't put how y'all felt in front of how I felt in that moment and that is what I had to start to do in everyday life you know put myself first sometimes be okay with being an annoyance be okay with you know people not like being not just like sacrificing everything for other people and yeah so I think that's probably going to be a good place to end today I have some, this is really funny, because now, now that I'm doing this, I have, like, things that I think about personally, where it's like, ooh, I'm gonna just think about this just to think about this. And now I also have this medium where it's like, what am I thinking about that's worth bringing, like, saying? So now I think I'm ready to move on to um, just thinking to myself and going on with my day. Because, like... I do have stuff to do and I am going to try my hardest, not for the rest of the entire day, but just for probably just like a nice period of this day, just to fully unplug and just get work done and come back afterwards and, you know, feel comfortable, feel not oversaturated with other people's what other people are going through and other people's, you know, shit. But before that, I think I'm going to make some dinner. I don't know. I have, um, I've been really craving pasta lately. So I think I might have some pasta. I have this um garden pesto that I just brought from the supermarket. And I think I might try that and, you know, have a nice little dinner. But then after that, I'm just going to close off to the world and get this shit done because you know i haven't done this this year yet but i just need to start i just need to schedule time to get shit done because i'm just letting things pile up and then getting really stressed and that's not necessary but yeah thank you all for staying here as long as you have if you have and i will see now this is a promise I'm at the end of this whole episode based off starting last night. So Uh, this will be the last episode until I get back to that state. So I'm not really sure when that's going to happen because Present Me is very, you know, aware of the fact that this is a 24-hour thing. And this is like, once I do this, this will last at least until that time tomorrow. So... I will, I guess, see when that happens again. Like I said before, my weekend is pretty, you know, I have a lot of scheduled things this weekend, so I'm not really sure if there's a time. But especially with the way that Monday is set up now, where it's just like I start at like mid-afternoon and then like I only have two classes and then I'm just like I'm able to easily transition back to the week. Mondays is going to be playing a vital role in the fact in this show, I feel. And, you know, the reason that this may play out in like a weekly type of basis is because, you know, the weekend is the only time I'm able to get here. But also like, you know, even that plays into consumerism because it's like most podcasts are weekly. And it's like the fact that I'm weekly putting out content, it's like. It feels natural, but I can also see the benefits to, like, a consumer model of me doing that instead of just having them sporadically happen whenever. And it's just really freaky how ingrained into my head that is. But also, you know, I also don't really know anything else, so it's, like, it's not freaky at all. But... I mean, as you guys will start to get used to... My... Getting me off of a recorded... (laughs) Getting me to stop a conversation... Normally takes several minutes. Because I was about to leave. (laughs) And I'm still here. I think a minute 30... A minute 30 is going to be a good place to stop it. Because, you know... Consumerism, yet again, you know... An hour and 30 minutes is a traditional amount of time to listen... Or to watch something. And... I think that's going to be that so now i think that i'm still on this conversation of this feeling natural where it's like now i'm waiting for an hour and thirty thirty 30 minutes to come so that i can end it but you know part of the morale of this was part of the rationale of this was to keep it very natural and free-flowing but you know the second that you start to produce something or a product that's natural and free-flowing capitalism and consumerism come in and it's like, hey, it has to fit within these parameters to be consumable. And those parameters aren't natural and free flowing, but it's like, it's the rules that you have to follow for the